Nathan Sim waiting on his left hand side. Courtney Perkins driving in. Central in a fight. Mills! Oh, that is outstanding! Top left corner, George Mills! Something out of nothing! Unbelievable strike from George Mills! Alright, guys, we're back for another podcast. Last week we talked about transfers. This week, um, I feel like we're being beating a drum at this point. We're talking about the national second division because we actually know the teams who have applied, not who are going to be in the division. But we're getting there slowly and steadily. I am your host, Neil Simons. I'm joined by George Mills. George, another week of football. How are you feeling? First of all, the Sharks, uh, a draw over the weekend against Moreland City. Not the result that you guys would have liked, but uh, how did you feel that, that the team performed? And this week's a big game against Green Gully. Yeah, um, obviously wanting the wanting the three points. Uh, and to be honest with you, probably after looking at our performance and and reviewing the game, we probably think a, a draw was actually a good result for us in the end, considering the way we played. Um, credit to to Moreland because, you know, they played to their system a lot better than what we did. And you do get games like that in the NPL, um, especially when you're sort of seen as the favourites going into a game. It could sometimes be a little bit misleading. Um, I think maybe going up 1-0 when we did probably was a bad thing for us in hindsight because uh, sometimes we tend to get a goal up and sort of rest on our laurels and stop doing the basics because uh, we think it might be a little bit cruisy after that. So I think there's so many things we could take away from the game in sense of, of learning curves and trying to improve for this game against Green Gully tomorrow night. So I'm really looking forward to the to the Gully game. We've done well against them in previous years, and it's always a really good footballing battle, really, to be honest, because we're both teams that like to play football, and, and they've got a fantastic... Um, uh, surface at uh, at Green Gully. Absolutely, in Kilo, Kilo, da- uh, Kilo Downs. I will not be watching. Um, I've got something on, but I'll be watching afterwards. Uh, but I guess now we're three weeks in, George. I mean, how do you sort of see the MPL this season in terms of the complexion, how it's being received? Obviously, there's a different aura around the competition this year due to the exterior factors, which we'll get into, but. I guess from a personal perspective, how do you think things are tracking from, I guess, your perspective? And then I guess from a, from a league-wide perspective, uh, what's your gauge on uh, three weeks into the season? Well, look, it's still very early. Um, There's, there aren't, there aren't too many sides at the moment who, you know, sort of jump out at me and, and say, well, you know, they're probably to be feared or, or they're looking really good early on. I don't think there's really any teams at the moment who would be completely satisfied with the start that they've had. Uh, I think everything's quite uh, quite tight in terms of results and and performances, really. Even some teams who we expect to win games aren't really winning games convincingly, like you think they probably would. Uh, but I think the you know the sort of interest in the league as a whole and and the and the vibe around the league is quite positive, and I think that's just to be expected with the with the announcement of, you know, expression of interest into the second division. And, you know, quite a few of those clubs have, you know, put their expression forward. So, um, and then that obviously leads into the players and the players are obviously all keeping one eye on that as well. So 
you know, they'd be doing themselves a good service by putting their best foot forward this season. And I guess sort of uh, talking among your players, uh, among, among your fellow players, I guess, what's sort of the sentiment that's been expressed uh, for the, through, through the national second division now that we now know who the teams will be? Is it? Do you think there's something more to play for this season or is it very much focalised on the NPR Victoria? Because... I'm not saying this is a, this is a distraction at all, but you know it could act as a distraction in some way. Yeah, I think if I think if you if you let it become a distraction, it will. Um, and to be honest with you, if you've got if you've got one if you've got one foot in our camp and then one foot in that camp, it, it's it's going to end up shooting you in the foot anyway because you need to be focused on where you are and performing well because. What it is, if you perform well and you know you're doing the right things, making good decisions for your club, those other opportunities will come. They they'll they'll come to you. You know you don't have to go chasing anything. So as long as you focus on what you're doing now, I think you know that gives you actually the best opportunity from getting there. If that makes sense. So I think that's the best thing we can do. I'm pretty sure all players of Port Melbourne are focused on what they need to do, and uh, and I think they fully understand that. You know, we have a certain way of playing and if we're going to be there or thereabouts this season, we need to do things that are asked of us and are expected of us. Absolutely. Now, I guess heading into the expressions of interest, we'll go through all the teams now, um, just for the, for the listeners, if you haven't heard already. Um, so we'll start off with, we'll go A to A to Z. Well, A to W actually, considering um, Wollongong is the last... Uh, letter in the alphabet. Well, Wollongong's not a letter in the alphabet. Ignore what I just said. You know what I mean. Um, Adelaide City, RPL Leichhardt, Avondale, Bentley Greens, Blacktown City, Brisbane City, Brisbane United, which is a merger between Brisbane Strikers, I think, Wynnum Wolves, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Brunswick Juventus, yeah. Canberra, Croatia, Coburn City, not Cockburn, it's Coburn, um, <laughs> Fraser Park yeah. FC. Gold Coast Knights, Gold Coast United, Green Gully, Gungahlin United, Heidelberg United, Marconi Stallions, Melbourne Knights, Olympic FC, Peninsula Power, Playford City from South Australia, Preston Lions, Rockdale Illinden, Football Australia, uh, Football South Australia, which is I believe is Campbelltown City among others, South Hobart FC, South Melbourne Hellas, Sunshine Coast, Sutherland Sharks, and Cronulla Sharks. The NRL team have put in a, a, a dual bid, which is very interesting to see. Well, not a bid; it's an expression of interest. Um, so to see if that will go through will be very interesting to, to say the least. Sydney Olympics, Sydney United, Valentine FC, and Wollongong Wolves. Uh, so that is those are the teams, and I'll bring in some background information. Uh, there was an article on ESPN earlier this week where James Johnson sort of was, uh, embellished upon the EOIs about how happy he was uh, that this many teams would express their interest, and he also said a number of things here. Uh, we want to have confidence that this competition means something to the community. If a club is history, it will be connected to the leader community. It means a community care about the club. Uh, they don't want this to compete with the A-League. Uh, we've got to be who we are. To me, this is an identity question. We are not an, a local Australian sport. We're an Australian sport that plays in a global environment. Uh, then he talks about uh, basically they are recruiting a general manager for the competition to assemble the staff to run it. So getting full-time staff from Football Australia to run the competition. And, uh, yeah, basically there'll be a, a request uh, for proposal uh, process from now until April, I believe. I could be wrong. And then they'll obviously continue that. And then they'll shortlist teams by next month. And after that process, 
uh, we will now sort of understand what's going on. Uh, but 32 teams, it's a lot, to be honest. Uh, did you expect this these many this many teams? I guess some of the names are very perplexing, but I guess all in all, 32 teams to be in this division have expressed their interest. Yeah, it's obviously really nice that 32 teams have expressed their interest and think they have the you know sort of capabilities of running a, a running a club professionally, you know, all year round. Uh, so I think that's the first positive. I originally thought it would be probably just over 20, to be honest with you. Um, and a lot of those teams, I, I don't really know that well in the list. So I guess that's surprising. Um, but like I said, it's only a positive. The more teams that have that interest of doing it and think they're capable of doing it, that that for me is only only good news. Um, so from that list, if, if you could get a, a league of sort of 12 to 16 teams, I think that would be a really good start to go off, um, you know, because you don't, you don't want to be playing less than, you know, 28 to 30 games a season, um, including finals, if that's the case. So, yeah, you'd like to see a good number of those teams uh, make the final cut. I guess how crucial is it development-wise to ensure that there's as many teams as possible? But I guess you have that sort of balancing act between sustainability and, I guess... Progression for these teams, you might have to run. You might have to run at a loss potentially, in order to sustain yourself moving forward. So, I guess from your perspective, how do we strike that balance as I guess media personalities and and players from an outside looking in? Does that really sort of play into the mind, or is it sort of if this team's ready, if they're willing, then you know there we go. I'm, I'm willing to get on board. Well. You know, I think first and foremost, the FA have a have a process, um, and it looks like it's been carefully designed over these last few years. So, in 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 my eyes, they they are looking for a ten to sixteen team competition. But if you were to get, let's say, sixteen to eighteen teams after the process is finished, who they've sort of decided, well, actually, there's eighteen teams who fit the criteria, for example, and can do it and are willing to do it and it would have no sort of detrimental effect on them as a club why wouldn't you add in two extra teams you know and that's just speaking out loud you know because you know if we have a a league with that many teams that wouldn't that be that'd be incredible you know you you see in the premier league with 20 teams in the league you see in the championship i think with 24 teams in their league and league one and so forth and league two it's so much better when you're going and traveling to a new place every single week or every second week and um, not having to play the same team sort of three, four times a year. Like we see in the A-League sometimes, you see some teams playing each other three times and because there's obviously not enough not enough teams in the league to be able to do that because um, you want to be able to get enough games in but sort of keeping it fresh who you're playing against. And if you add that in with a sort of a FFA Cup as well, it's even more games, you know, if you do well, there's more incentives there. Um, so, yeah, I think I think there's so many possibilities. And I, I just love to, the FA to sort of come back and to say, like, the after they do their sort of due diligence and all that on all these clubs, that there's, you know, more clubs who are actually able to survive in, in the second division and meet those requirements uh, needed. I think that would be such a positive. But obviously, we're just at the beginning now. You know, it's... Uh, 
obviously it's not too far away from when the competition is supposed to start really if you think about it as a whole but it's we're still at the start of that you know expression of interest has just finished now I'm, I'm pretty sure they would have hit the ground running already with that next step of the process um so i'm sure again it's only you know a couple of months few months away from for knowing a little bit more in in greater detail um and i think that's just what we're all waiting for right now pretty much and i think that sort of brings us into our first question is what are the three most crucial issues that perspective sorry i'll restart that uh a question from rh on twitter uh what are the three most crucial issues that perspective and think that's what he meant to say i i didn't mm. even say it wrong uh what are the mm. three most crucial issues that prospective entrants must satisfy in your opinion i mean I'll, I'll, you can go first and then I'll, I'll go after i mean it's hard to say there's so many different ways that you can really look at it i think for for for, for these clubs who have expressed their interest i think the the first and most obvious one is the financial means so can you simply can you survive financially i think you know, it goes without saying, really, that financially, if if, if 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 it works for you and you can survive it on a season to season, if you remember, we just got to remember it's not one season. These are repetitive seasons going forth. We want this competition to be around for many, 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 many years to come. So financially is the first thing. I think the second thing is actually like the community and the fan base. So if the, if the fan base and the community really buy into the club and they have their um, sort of support, uh, support network in the local community. I think that's another thing that um, that will help these clubs survive. Um, and probably for a third, I don't know. I'll let you take the third one. I don't know. I think financial means um, you mentioned already. Community. I think stadium. To be honest, yeah, that's simple, but like, yeah, having uh, yeah having a good facility, I think, would be the other one. Yeah, I that's probably good. If, if you don't have the the adequate training facilities and capabilities to operate year round, which is yeah. stipulated within the requirements, then I don't think it's it's even worth sort of yeah getting that into discussion. Like MPL ground. Sorry, yeah. would you put would you put like junior academy into that as well? So I don't know. I mean, that that's also an interesting question. I think most MPL clubs have junior academies, but like then again, what we're seeing in the A League, for example, clubs yeah. like Macarthur, they just they just basically bought out Northbridge, and every single yeah. <laughs> their junior academy, their SAP program, which is skill acquisition programs in Sydney, they they call it um, pre MPL in Victoria. They basically Northbridge is their feeder program, and they basically bought them out. But I think that all MPL clubs, like in Victoria, for example, like South Melbourne, Port, they have these programs in there. And I don't yeah. think, and, and, and that's another interesting sort of thing to examine is like, is it going to get to a stage where perhaps we might even have a national second division, youth division type, where let's say it's like a national youth league, but there's only NSD teams playing in it let's say it's yeah. like a mid-year tournament or something i don't know yeah maybe i'm just thinking out loud but well i think that you know eventually that's you know if we can sustain this league for for a few years maybe three to five years at first i think potentially then because then what you're doing you're actually creating a whole nother uh competition right so that's how you got even though it's just the under 23 sides um you're actually creating another whole competition and you're going through that sort of process again so I think, you know, that's a wonderful idea. And you see it in the UK as well, with Premier League too. 
um, and so forth. So that would be pretty interesting. I would I would like to see a system uh, in every state where every junior club, uh, every junior club's academy gets ranked into tiers. So you got obviously like tier one being the best, tier two, tier three, so forth, depending on how many academies there are. And I say academies, I mean the juniors, mini roos at the at these clubs, but we'll call them academies. Um, I'd love to see that sort of system because I remember being over in England, like, you know, playing at Chelsea and Southampton, you know, they were tier one academies. So you'd only play against other tier one academies, like, you know, like Man City, Liverpool, mm. Arsenal, Tottenham, Fulham, yeah. all those sorts of clubs. I'd love to have a system here and speaking out loud, like let's say, for example, you've got, you know, South Melbourne, you know, Port Melbourne, Oakley Cannons, Bentley Greens, Avondale, like these sorts of clubs who have somewhat half-decent juniors uh, play clubs in their own tiers. I, I actually think that'd be something too good. And obviously, you know, the local federation would tier those clubs. So like, for example, FE here would, you know, tier all the academies and those are the teams you play against. And you probably find that you play more games over the over the course of the year. Uh, and the it's season. funny how you mentioned it. I think I think they're actually doing that at the moment. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Oh, are they? That, I didn't even know that. I didn't. There, know there's that. a qualification <laughs> phase, and then there's the actual phase. So I think the qualification is like 11 games, and then after the qualification, you have um, like the actual season. I'm pretty sure. Right, so, but how many games does the season? So I think the for? qualification. The qualification is 11 games. Yeah, I'm right. Like I think it's from under 16, under 14s, under 16s. Um, yeah. And then I think after that, it's probably 20 games i think um yeah after, you get like 30 yeah. games around can i just can i just add the, the tier system right so you got to understand the tier system how it works in the uk you don't you don't qualify for those tiers by playing you qualify based on your facility um oh, and, okay. and the and and the and the, and the play, of course the players that you have and the, and the club who you are but yeah just because for example you're a premier league academy doesn't mean you're going to be a tier one academy do you know what I mean? So yeah, it, yeah. there's a whole That's lot right. of things. So it's all well and good being, you know, let's say let's let's use Port Melbourne as as a hypothetical. So let's say I'm I'm playing for Port Melbourne under 14s, right? But just because you're in MPL one or let's say National Second Division, right? It doesn't mean you should be a Tier One academy because if you're then playing on a on a like a, a cow paddock on the weekend, that shouldn't make you a Tier One academy. Um, you know, this whole 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 heap of elements that they should be taken into account to become tier one or tier two or tier three and so mm. forth. So that would be the way that, you know, because I've experienced that, that's what made sense to me. Absolutely. Uh, another question, interesting one from a, from a good friend, Keegan on Instagram, probably an unpopular opinion. The NSD will probably kill some Aliga teams. Uh, he names a team, but I'm not going to name the team, but uh, do you, I wouldn't say kill. I think it's probably a bit, a bit sort of, uh, extreme, but considering this league is run in winter from March till September or whatever it was, I don't know. It's a hard one to sort of explain, but I think will this affect the A League in any way? I mean, we know that this league will not be in direct competition with the A League, but do you see a situation and maybe where a team like South Melbourne, for example, we know when Melbourne Victory came into the A League, a lot of those South Melbourne fans became Victory fans, same as the Knights. The, the big migration. Do you think some fans will maybe migrate back permanently? I think if we're talking purely from a fan perspective, of course. I think, uh, you know, I used to go to South Melbourne games when I was a boy. And, you know, back then, Bob Jane Stadium near Lakeside is, you know, used to be packed. 
you know, 10 to 12,000 people at these games, um, which was incredible. So I, thought, I think you will see a lot of those fans come back to those games. Um, I think that's natural, you know, considering that, you know, the team's basically going to somewhat be professional in some sort of professional capacity in a league where they get to travel all around Australia. Mm. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, because it basically rep- replicates the, the old NSL. This is what this yeah. is. Right. This, hopefully, <laughs> we don't. We, we don't. We don't want this to be the old NSL in terms of the way that it's run. <laughs> no, no, probably not because of the way it was run. But ideally, with the teams that we're going to see, it, that's what it's going to look like. Bar a few new teams, and um, you can't tell me that competition wasn't exciting and it wasn't something we know. Most of our Socceroos came from there, right? At that time, at that period of time, most of our Socceroos came from that league. So that league must have done something for this country, right? Um, and just like what the A-League is doing now, we see a lot of Socceroos coming in and out through the A-League as well. In terms of um, uh, the first part of the question about the crushing A-League sides, yeah, again, it's it's not about that. Um, it, it's not about that. It's the, the players who are in the A-League are good players. Are good players. We see it on week in, week out. There's some good, I have friends who play in the A-League. I'd never, ever begin to... Um, to say the A-League isn't good from a player standpoint because there's some wonderful players that, yes, there are some players who, who I believe should have had better chances and should maybe still be around the A-League um, and haven't had that opportunity. Um, and I, I put myself in that category. I've said that openly. Um, but no, I've got some you know guys who I've known since I was 14, 15 who play in the A-League and they're, they're excellent players. They're truly excellent players. So by no means, I think we should look at it that way. Um, you, you may get an instance where there's one NSD team or two NSD teams who are very, very strong and could probably compete against A-League sides. I think that could be a case, yes, depending on how recruit, recruitment is and what sort of budget they're working within. Um, but yeah, I, I certainly don't look at it that way. I'll be honest with you. This is, do I. Nah, this is this is something just to be excited about and you know strive for greatness for sure and compete as as much as we can because um, that's healthy. But apart from that, I don't look too much further into that. Neither, neither. Uh, <laughs> Kane Shepherd. <laughs> he asked who no, you're playing no. for. <laughs> Kane Shepherd. I could ask him the same, couldn't I? <laughs> oh, we'll leave that. We'll leave that for now. We Maybe need, ask him in about get, six months. We, Sorry? We need, to get, we need to get Kane back. No, we have the, to. We have to. On have the podcast. <laughs> Maybe before you play Heidelberg, that'd be a good shout, eh? Um, oh, yeah. That, that's in um, about three weeks' time. So, Oh, real? Was, Didn't even know. Yeah, there yeah, you go. yeah. I think Fantastic. three, four weeks' time. Yeah. Definitely. We, we'll, we'll get George Katsakis on as well. <laughs> yeah, we'll get the band back together. Your, your, your Greek, your Greek uh, head coach. Um, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I guess uh, sort of... My, my sort of next sort of topic to delve into is with 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 this national second division. It's obviously a landmark moment, you know, for the game and and whatnot. But a lot of it, a lot has been talked about the composition of the teams and where they'll be based. I don't think it's fair for you to or me to be honest to to make assumptions on who will be in the division because mm. we don't know these teams' financial situations. We don't know these yeah. teams as you know. You, for example, like I'm not going to name a team specifically, but Let's say there's a, there's a team like, you know, South Melbourne, for example, a big club, big history, big lineage, but, you know, who knows what Football Australia are going to look into? It's it's, it's not as simple. And I don't think that no, the teams yeah. that will be selected in the end will reflect what people think. 
to be honest. No, I don't think like, it will. I don't think like how many either. times, how many times, mate, have you had friends or fellow players go to you and be like, hey, look, mate, who are going to be the teams in the national second division? Bro, I don't know. Like, it's yeah. impossible to ask now. Answer that question. Yeah, yeah. it's it's too hard. It's too hard because it's, it's, not, it's not being based off just, you know, the history of your club and, and things like that. Like, there's so much more in-depth details that they need to go into nowadays. And I think it's just a sort of wait and see sort of thing. And I think the, the easy one is to always use South Melbourne as an example because, like, I think everyone just expects to see him there because they yeah. are renowned as they actually are renowned as the biggest club in Australia. So, you know, d- despite of where they are, but that's just you know, I think they were club of the century one day. You know, Oshiana, Oshiana like, club of the century. Yeah. So, like, they're obviously. I think they still have it on their jersey, like the, the little patch. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. So, like, I think everyone just sort of like immediately like uses that as an example. Like, oh well, you'd expect one of them, but you just you don't know, like behind the scenes what goes on you don't know how financially stable some clubs are or, or aren't um and i think there might be a few surprises but if if they're better equipped to be in the competition than some others then that's only a good thing yeah absolutely i mean i completely agree with you i mean there are also some very big surprises like for example the the brisbane united bid the cronulla sharks getting involved i'm, I'm getting uh flashbacks of carlton soccer club in the nsl uh and Collingwood City, obviously, they weren't that successful, but you know that AFL clubs are investing heavily in netball, and who knows, this might be reflected in the in the uh, in the uh, in national second division, which would be you know very interesting to see if that how I how far it. that goes. Uh, I love it. You love it? I think it's great. Yeah, I love it. I think rugby league, AFL, if any of them want to want to get involved and if you want to call it a franchise team, let's say, or, or what have you, or a club, whatever you want to call it. Um, I don't see why not. The, the NRL and AFL are so strong, so strong in this country. It, it'd be it'd be silly for us to, to work against that rather than work with, you know? So I, I think it's a positive. I really do. Yeah, I mean, I, I can speak more on this uh there was an article published by uh vince regari in the sydney morning herald about that and uh basically the southern shard football association is the biggest of its kind in the southern southern hemisphere boasting over nineteen thousand registered players this year uh and sydney olympic uh were also under the sharks as well uh and they're also part of the failed uh, southern expansion bid in the uh, a-league which macarthur got in the end uh yep. they, they'll probably play at shark park uh which is not Port Melbourne's home ground. Um, it's, uh, actually, <laughs> it's called it's called Shark Park, but it's it's Points Bet Stadium. Anyway, there's gonna be a few unhappy, unhappy Port Melbourne players when they hear there's another Shark Park. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure. Well, that's like the nickname. Um, anyway, so the, the the Cronulla Sharks are interested, but they obviously want more information on the financials and whatnot. So this is interesting. I mean, same as the Brisbane United bid, as I mentioned before. You know, three uh, two clubs or three clubs getting together and, and merging as one um, is enticing. Brisbane strikers have got a long history. Obviously they've lost their way a fair bit in the past few years, but uh, Robbie Crayham's a, a pretty good operator. He's been involved in, and uh, I think the MacArthur bid, I'm pretty sure. Um, he's also a very high up at the Wynn and Wolves at the moment. So yeah, that's interesting. Also the Campbelltown city, uh, South of uh, football, South Australia bids very interesting as well. I keep saying bid. I mean, um, I mean, EOI anyway, uh, but 
yeah, these are all very interesting things. And I am just very intrigued to see how Football Australia maneuver around this and try and sort of see fit, I suppose. So the, 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 this request for a proposal uh, phase is going to start next month and run till June. So they have documents and the shortlist of parties uh, from the EOI phase will be invited to submit detailed proposals. So I expect that they will, they will start to weed out teams uh, at the moment, probably to about 2025 maybe. And then there'll be a sort of another another uh, request for, for proposal phase, and then we'll sort of have a full idea of the teams or after or around the Women's World Cup. You know, Football Australia will be quite busy, so I'm yeah, pretty sure course. they'll want to finish that up sooner rather than later. Uh, but I suppose if you got any final thoughts on this, I, I think we've covered basically all. I think you've covered it really. I think there's not yeah. uh, not too much to add to be honest. It's um, I think we've given our opinion as best as we can on what to expect without, you know, overstepping and saying which clubs we think will be in it. There's obviously a process now that, um, you know, a very thorough process really. And I think it's more, we know more when we know more. Yeah, pretty much. And I guess, I'm guess I'm preempting you to just go on a big monologue here, but how, my final question on this topic is how can a national second division transform Australian football, you know, forever? Uh, well, firstly, if the league has to be here to stay. So that's the first thing, right? Um, you know, we're talking many, many years to come uh, and hopefully get to that point where there's sort of the two leagues sort of come together for promotion relegation and we can have a full sort of sort of football pyramid, you know, or going all the way down the food chain and there's always competition to get up a league and to be relegated and, you know, I think that would be something amazing to see in this country. Uh, we have multiple leagues and, you know, you see some incredible stuff happen like you do over in England and, uh, and other clubs and uh, other countries as well have it as well in Europe. So not just England. Um, but I think, I think what it does, I think it creates more hype around our game. I think that's what we need. We need more things. I actually think we need more things to talk about in our game. You know, I think having like the the twelve teams uh, or so in the A League, it's it's not enough. We need more to talk about. We need another league. We need another competition to to sort of be like so maybe something to aspire to as well for the clubs who are not quite ready yet to sort of say, can we get in the second division one day? And you've got this sort of um, sort of uh, excitement for those second division clubs. You know, could we be an A League club one day? I I, I really struggle to understand why you'd have people who are against it. I do, I see people all over, you know, sort of Twitter and just sort of rubbishing the idea. And I see others who are just saying, oh, you know, these clubs are all, you know, crap, these NPL clubs. It's like, why would you have that thought process as a fan? Like, it's like, for me, when I get the fans who are like, oh, the A-League shit, I only just watched the Premier League. Like, these are Australian football fans. It's like, like what goes through your head? Like why? Why would you rubbish that? These are like future socceroos and some current socceroos and some young lads who end up getting sold over to Europe. I just don't get it here. Uh, I just think like the the thought processes are wrong. We just you need to band together. You need to stop. Well, I said it a few weeks ago on the pod. It's not us versus them sort of thing anymore. It's you need to be together. 
I, I, I can guarantee you I could speak to any player in the A-League and they will tell you the National Second Division is a fantastic idea and will only help grow this game. And we're talking from a junior level all the way up to a senior level when you get your first professional deal because it creates more opportunity. It creates more games. You know those lads who sit on the bench in the A-League or don't get a, a look in and they're, they're training in the youth team because the club want to get rid of them or they're mistreating. They now have an out. They have a genuine out now of going, you know what, if I'm not playing my A-League club, stuff that, I'm going to go play 30 games in the NSD and it's still professional or it's still respected and I'm going to be playing against good opposition and then I can use that to get a move into Europe or into Southeast Asia or back into the A-League somewhere else if I do well. That's what it creates and if that's what annoys people, then you, you can't call yourself a football fan because if you haven't lived it like I have, like I've been in the slumps of the A-League and I've been at the highs of the A-League, I'm telling you now, this thing's going to be fantastic. Fantastic. And in years to come, when teams in the A-League, uh, you know, who spend the minimum on their budget or sort of sort of like, you know, mistreat their players or, or run it on a low, low cost uh, season to season because they want to save a bit of cash, um, especially with the ones with overseas owners. You're not going to be able to do that anymore because you just be relegated. It's great because when you finish in the bottom <laughs> two and you get relegated, it's going to be hilarious. Nice. And it's nice. just going to be like, it's going to be like, well, you got what you deserved in the end because that's what happens in the Premier League. The ones who don't spend wisely, the ones who don't perform week to week, um, the ones who, you know, again, at that level, it's different because they're all serious at that level. But if you can't quite cut it, you shouldn't be there. And if that's what you hate about it, too bad. Too bad. It's the same if you're in the second division. If one day there's a process where you can get yourself into the second division somehow, um, I don't know how they do it with all the NPL clubs, whether there's some sort of, you know, I don't know, some sort of final series amongst the other states where you can get yourself in one day uh, and there's a team that gets relegated. So be it. If you're not good enough to be there, that's a good thing. It's a good thing because that means there's someone else who is. So this is what this is what we need to create. We need to create hype and excitement around our game. You know that that that's 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 what the NRL have and the AFL have that we don't have. They don't necessarily have re- promotion relegation, but what they do have is enough hype around the league. And this is the way we do it for our game. I'm I'm truly convinced this is the way we do it for our game. More professional teams, more professional contracts, more professional players can only lead to more positive results. That's it. Positive outcome, uh, and that's what we're aiming for. And we're sure for. And if you're not on board with that. That's great, but just keep your opinion to yourself and stay away from the game because we don't need it. Uh, how am I going to make this into a five-minute TikTok? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Uh, I'll do my do my magic. But I think this is sort of my, my final thing on this is, you know what's special is like one day I can maybe get my son, my future son or daughter to go to like, you know, North Corp and Maccabi, for example, right? And I say, hey, look, you go here one day, you can continue to go up through the ranks. And maybe if we make the the MPL or the national second division, you can play in that in that in that division. That's what's special is like as I see it at the moment, you have the pre-MPL phase, and you have the MPL phase, and then you have that getting noticed by A-League Academies. What's special about this is like kids from a club who are in the national second division, a club like, I don't know, let's say, let's use the example of South Melbourne. A kid could go to South Melbourne in under eights and train as an under eights kid, go to the seniors, 
and play in a national competition. That's special to me. From the day you start playing this game to the day you start finishing and you retire, you can be at the same club through that entire system. That creates loyalty. That creates authenticity. That's what community is to me and to a lot of people around this country. If that's mm -hmm. what we can do, then that's brilliant. And I think it hopefully can get to that stage because I know we see a lot of these homegrown NPL players and whatnot, but we don't really get a homegrown A-League player. It doesn't really exist. Yeah, people will try to say it exists, but it doesn't really exist. And that's why you get these, these, these amazing stories of guys like Marcus Rashford who come through United's Academy all the way. Mm -hmm. Those yeah. are the stories that we need to try and build up in Australia. And I really think that this national second division can be a place in which these dreams can be achieved for these young kids. And, and that's, what's important to me. Um, yeah. you know, I agree. Something absolutely. to look forward to. Yeah, absolutely. Um, just a couple more points. Uh, George, you were at ultra football on, I think Monday, was it, uh, you did a shoot with, uh, with them and for the Nike phantoms. How did you find that? My friend? <laughs> yeah, it was a really good day. Really good. Um, I was lucky because one of my good friends, who works at the Sydney store, um, Steve Kuzmanowski, was um, in Melbourne over the weekend as well uh, at Ultra. So I was able to do some 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 of my shooting with him as well. So um, it was really really enjoyable day. They you know they make it very easy for you. So um, and they treat you very well when you're there. So um, shout out to 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 Mickey to Mickey for that at Ultra because he sorted that all out and. Uh, obviously invited me to go do it so no it was really enjoyable and like I said they look after you and it was just it was a top day all around really enjoyed it yeah absolutely I guess the boots the boots are good boots are decent yeah they're amazing they're amazing I've never worn never really worn Nike since I was like a really young kid so uh, but they were just so comfortable um, these new Phantoms they're like this like fly knit uh, material Oh, real um, nice. Yeah, yeah. So they're just they're just super comfy because usually with boots, like when you put new boots on, like they hurt your feet. Like until you really wear them in, like they hurt your feet. But I, I probably see I've worn them for two trainings now. They don't hurt at all. So I've been wearing them for months. So yeah, no, really happy with them. And yeah, hopefully they hopefully they all get picked up quickly because they're top boots. Catch that video uh, sometime soon in the coming weeks on the Old Drifable YouTube channel. We'll keep you up to date with all of that. Uh, George, uh, obviously a very difficult weekend for us as United fans. I did not watch the game, and I'm very happy I didn't. Uh, have you got any thoughts on United and the Champions League and all that shtick? Uh, Europa League. Well, I mean, like, the Champions League was today as well, but, you know, just any any football, you know. European. Any football? Yeah. Well, look, I think, I think it's obviously... As United fans, it's, it's obviously really disappointing because I was awake for the game and after the fourth, <laughs> after the fourth goal went in, I was, you know, eating my toast on the couch and just looking at my dog, and my dog was looking at me, and I was just so sad, and went to bed. Um, you know, it's disappointing, like you know, to get embarrassed like that, you know, to your main rivals is, you know, it's heartbreaking. But you know, we've had a we've had a good season so far, so hopefully we can just you know get back on the horse and, and put it right in the Europa League tomorrow and and, and go from there, really. Um, I saw a bit of the Champions League this morning. I'm so glad that PSG got knocked out, which is great. Um, yeah, it's, yeah it's keep an eye on PSG um, for oh, a yeah, reason I, that I won't divulge today, but yep. yeah. 
I've never been a fan of PSG. Just never been a fan of what they're doing um, um, and them as a club in general. So, yeah, over the moon that Bayern went through and um, the other game was, I think Tottenham went out to, to Milan. I think it was 1-0 over the two games. Mm. Uh, that was actually a pretty good game to watch. I actually flicked it over to that game for the last 30 minutes and it was interesting because Tottenham were really throwing numbers forward. They had to, you know, because they had to grab a goal and Harry Kane had a great header towards the end and it was a great save from the keeper and they obviously got the red card with Romero as well. Um, so, Romero is like the Ross Archibald of Port Melbourne. You know, it's just like, <laughs> just flies in, you know, getting red cards. Oh, no. cards. I, I feel for Ross, man. I just, oh, fuck. I, I can't believe that, man. It just... He literally, like, I don't think there must be a record to be suspended in all the games you've played in this season. Like, I don't, I don't know how that's possible. But fair play. Yeah, it is what it is, man. He got unlucky first game. I think yeah. obviously, you know, he had to do what he had to do in that first game against Avondale. Obviously, you know, probably slipped at the wrong moment, and then he's sort of caught in two minds. You know, do you let the striker just run through on goal, or do you sort of just poke the ball away like he did, you know, playing volleyball, <laughs> which is funny. But yeah. you can laugh now because we got the draw. But, yeah, just, you know, it's unfortunate. It is what it is. Um, it's uh, it's not easy in this league, you know. Um, no, it's very no. competitive. It's very physical. You know, lads get very chirpy with each other and sometimes the reactions happen. And I'm sure after his, you know, three-game ban or whatever it is, he'll... Um, come back in and, and do a job for us. You certainly hope so. Certainly hope so. Uh, coming weeks in the world of football, obviously there is a uh, City, City Derby next weekend, which would be very interesting. Obviously a lot of argy-bargy between that, uh, which is great to see. Uh, you guys take on Green Gully this week, as mentioned previously, and you take on Melbourne Knights next weekend and this weekend. Uh, we'll probably get this out on Friday. Uh, tune in to MPL.TV tomorrow because I'm commentating a football match with this guy. Uh, we're commentating again uh, the Eastern Lions versus Lang Warren match. Uh, very keen, uh, George. Have you, have you got your special comments ready? Uh, I haven't got anything planned. Obviously, <laughs> I'm just sort of. You shouldn't. It's good. Your I, special comments. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to see how the game unfolds and provide some sort of tactical insight, I guess, if you can call it that. But I'll do my best to. Entertain people, and you're you're a big fan of the Eastern Lions. Big fan of the Eastern Lions. This guy is for no reason. I don't know why. Um, just just loves the Eastern Lions. Loves that. Loves that football club. Totally wasn't the source of all his goals last year, but never mind. Unfortunately, all the goals I scored last year were against Eastern Lions. So (laughs) that was yes. Sorry about that. To them, I do. I do like. I'm sure. I'm sure sure they'll. uh... No, it's a good atmosphere at the club. They're they're very good people. Um, very humble, uh, very down to earth, and hopefully you can uh, you can meet everyone and be good vibes. But yeah, that's that's about it. George, sure, you got good. any other thoughts? No, no, just just looking forward to the to the game against Gully, and uh, um, obviously it's good to to chat about the second division and and sort of keep that momentum going, and and obviously yeah, looking forward to doing my first commentary of the season with uh, with you at, at Eastern. So yeah, it should be a good one. Very, very excited. Awesome. Thank you very much, uh, George. Uh, and uh, yeah, we'll see you guys soon. And yeah, please stay tuned because we've got some guests coming in the coming weeks. Beauty.